this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i'm your host g sampath the first grand slam of 2023 will get rolling from jan 16th in melbourne australia last year the event witnessed a lot of unseemly controversy including a courtroom drama over the deportation of Novak Djokovic over his vaccination status and it also saw Rafael Nadal pick up his historic 21st Grand Slam title but this year Djokovic is back and it has announced his intentions by winning the Adelaide International a preparatory event last week while Nadal is the defending champion world number 1 Carlos Alcaraz has withdrawn due to a injury he picked up during practice The draw in the women's section as has become the norm in recent years is wide open. Naomi Osaka will again be missing. World number 1 Iga Swiatek has picked up some sort of an injury and the rest of the field has several contenders from last year's runner-up Daniel Collins to the Czech Petra Kvitova and others. So who are the real favorites in either draw? Who are the dark horses and what are the narratives that are likely to dominate this year's Australian Open? We shall get into all of this and more in this episode of In Focus. And joining us today is N. Sudarshan from the Hindus Sports Bureau. Sudarshan, welcome back to In Focus. Uh, hi, Sampath. Very glad to be here. So, Sudarshan, to start with, I mean, we saw that the last year's Australian Open headlines were dominated by the enforced absence of nine-time champion uh, Djokovic. Can you talk a little bit about uh, who are the big names that are likely to be missing this year as well because we've been reading about a lot of injury worries and related issues so who are the before we get to what going to be there can we talk a little bit about who are not going to be there and why yeah the biggest name uh, like you mentioned in your intro is uh, world number 1 carlos alcaraz the reigning us open champion who has had to withdraw because of a right leg injury that he picked up in practice and this is also the first grand slam of the post roger federer era so he is obviously out because he is retired now and we don't have the defending champion among the women ash barty who walked away from tennis a little over maybe a month after she won the title last time so this will be the biggest uh, absentees there is also osaka who is not going to be here she is a two time champion who just announced her maternity yesterday and but in some good news she said she would love to be back in 2024 in australia so that's a, a nice thing and we also don't have simona halep a two time grand slam champion she is serving a drug related provisional suspension and among men there is also chilich who won't be part of the australian open because he picked up an injury in pune in india where he played the preparatory tournament and he has not recovered sufficiently he is a former finalist here losing the 2018 final to roger federer and also as everybody would know he won the 2014 us open so these are the biggest names that we won't be seeing at this year's australian open what about zverev who picked up this horrible ankle injury is he playing do we know zverev is in the draw and he has only recently made his competitive comeback from the horrific injury uh, he sustained in the semi uh, against nadal in french open semi finals so but he has played just two matches uh, this year at two singles matches this year at the united cup he lost both he is now outside the top 10 where during french open last year he was number 3 and his draw sort of seems to be 
okay, he starts against a lucky loser and then he'll probably meet David Goffin and things. So he can definitely see this draw as a positive thing for him to ease into it. So he's playing, he's fit, but whether he can go the distance in the best of five match, that remains to be seen. Right, and what's happening with Venus Williams? There was talk that she's sort of going to come. She's going to get a wild card uh, for the Australian Open, but now she's not playing. Is she retired or is she serious about a comeback? Is she going to be playing a slam soon? Uh, she played just four matches last year, but after the US Open, she did announce that she has been playing a lot of tennis and she'll continue to play in 2023. And she did enter the Auckland Preparatory Tournament. I think she won a round, but after that she had to. She had an injury, and it's an undisclosed injury because nobody knows what exactly is the issue there. She did receive a wild card into Australia, uh, where she is a two-time finalist. So she's not retired. She's not officially retired, and she recently uh, has played a match also. So I expect her to play more than she did last year, which was just four matches. But at forty-two, I think we are looking towards the end uh, of her career in the say this year or next year right 42 okay one one tends to sort of uh, forget how old she is all these some of these players are i mean she also is sort of under an injury cloud I and mean, we keep reading about these uh, various players carrying maybe some sort of an injury like even among those who have not pulled out because of injury, there are quite a few who have been nursing injuries and we don't really know how fit they're going to be. Like uh, Kirjo is pulled out of some tournament because of uh, injuries. Radukanu picked up an injury, I think, uh, at the Auckland tournament uh, and it was a pretty bad one. She was crying. And Schwantek is uh, withdrawn from some tournament because of an injury. So, like, who are these uh, various players? Like, and are they going to be really fit, or are they just going to pay a couple of rounds, pick up some, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars, and go home? Uh, Kyrgios has had some knee and ankle trouble, like you mentioned. He that stopped him from playing in the United Cup uh, as well as the warm-up tournament in Adelaide. But he has since said that he's okay. Is he going to be playing that exhibition match, which has been sold out? Because even Djokovic, I think, has some kind of an injury. Are they going to be? Is it happening tomorrow? The Rod Lever Arena, which is sold out and all that. I'm not exactly sure because Rod. I think Australian Open this time has sort of tried to monetize even practice matches. Uh, I mean, that's a first. So I'm not exactly sure what what's the situation with that. But of late, hearing him, he seems to be a bit more interested in continuing to play singles because. This tournament, he, he along with Kokinakis, a fellow Australian, actually won the doubles tournament last year. Like They are the reigning doubles champions. But both of them have hinted that singles is going to be their priority. They are going to play together in doubles, but it's more like just for fun. And considering the kind of year Kyrgios had last year, uh, reached a Wimbledon final and was pretty impressive till the quarterfinals at uh, US Open where he lost a close match to Hachanov. So he is looking forward to singles with some hope. So I'm I'm sort of guessing that both his pullouts at United Cup as well as a preparatory tournament was more precautionary so that he can actually uh, focus on his singles and uh, get through these uh, initial rounds pretty well. So I feel that he is going to play. And uh, we have, like you mentioned, Shriantek had a tearful exit from the United Cup. She lost to Jessica Pegula and she is nursing a slight shoulder injury. She's in the draw as of now, but uh, there is that cloud uh, over her. 
and also emma radukan like you said in auckland uh, she had a pretty uh, nasty ankle sprain and she even complained about the slippery courts there uh, the news just in is that she has had her first full fledged practice session which is the latest news but the assessment will happen i think only going forward in the next two or three days closer to the tournament so yeah quite a lot of injuries though not outright injuries to rule them out but uh, enough of a cloud to have the fans guessing yeah even jokovic uh, picked up something right i mean uh, he's supposed to be the favorite but uh, he was in a practice match with medvedev and he said i'm going to cut it short yeah he has had a slight uh, hamstring trouble but uh, with a, with a lot of these top players i think the at the first sign of their uh, i mean at the slightest sign of discomfort especially before the first grand slam of the year they just call it quits so i do feel that it seems more precautionary than a serious one okay okay that that's good i hope that's the case uh, with all these uh, big names now um, coming to the the really important question i've been waiting to ask you which is the draw that happened earlier today so one of the things i just managed to catch was that there's a potential matchup between uh, kirgios and jokovic in the quarter finals i mean that's a mouth watering clash to look forward to what are the other things that caught you right you want to talk a little bit about the draw yeah uh, kirgios uh, jokovic being in the same quarter is mouth watering like you mentioned but there are quite a few interesting first round matchups like uh, andy mare uh, the veteran is opening against uh, matteo berrettini which would be an interesting match Uh, and then we have Andre Rublev and Dominic Team uh, clashing in the in another first round encounter. Team is obviously great. Team is also coming back from a very like he's had a very long kind of uh, return to top level. Ready, right? he had a wrist injury. He's been playing challenger tournaments and also yeah, to come back. Yeah, he's trying to claw his way back. Uh, while for Rublev, it will be a fresh start. Like. It has been an emotional year for uh, all Russian players last year, and uh, Rublev. I mean, we have seen it more than any other uh, player, and uh, he is going to make a fresh start. So that's another interesting uh, matchup that we can see. Nadal also has a tricky uh, opener against uh, Jack Draper of the Great Britain, and uh, there is one mercurial clash uh, which may interest the neutrals between uh, Tanasi Kokinakis and Fabio Fognini. So these are the matches that I see on the men's side, which. are interesting on paper on the women's side i think is probably the best of these uh, i mean great first round matches that i see uh, two time champion uh, victoria azarenka versus the 2020 champion sofia kenin so sofia kenin is also i mean dropped out of the top 100 and things like that so she is making a comeback and that match should be very good She's had some issues uh, with her father as a coach and all that. It is. I don't know if that's resolved. I mean, has she got a new coach or is it still her father? There was an on and off relationship uh, with the coaching uh, with her parent. I think sometime last year they got back together, but now I am not sure who her full time coach is, who her traveling coach is. So that remains to be seen. And uh, there is another banana skin uh, that I would say for Garbin Muguruza against Elias Mertens. Uh, Mertens is actually a very solid player, and uh, she consistently reaches the third round and fourth round. So she she can be a very steady player against Garbin Muguruza. But Muguruza has been losing a lot of these matches. She wins the first set and is leading four zero five love in the second set, and then she's losing from winning position. It's been happening. I think quite a few times. I know some weird uh, thing going on. Yeah, it's been like that. Like. 
before the last Australian Open, she was actually in great shape. She won the 2021 year in finals and was back in the top five. Just when we thought that she would have a second win in her career, again, last year didn't go as planned. So there are a lot of these hit and misses uh, tournaments in her career. So, I mean, she's uh, lovely to watch as a player. So I hope uh, she goes deep into the tournament. Right. And uh, coming to the defending champion here, uh, Nadal, uh, he's been like losing a lot of matches in the run-up to the Australian Open. I think he has lost every match he's played, more or less. But he does have this, has, have this knack of raising his level at, at Grand Slams. So, how do you rate, uh, based on what you've seen so far of him in, the, in this sort of beginning of the season, do you think he stands a chance uh, for a 23rd Slam title or will Djokovic or somebody else prove too strong for me? Also, I think his draw is pretty tough, starting with Draper and then he's got, uh, I think, Sissipas lined up as well at some point. Yeah, like you said, uh, he's lost. Uh, both the matches he has played this year and uh, in fact he has lost six of his last seven matches going up to the end of last year and the only match he actually won was against Casper Ruud in what was a dead rubber in the ATP final so he has lo- he, he, he is coming into the Australian Open unlike any other year where he has not had that good uh, preparation the issue with him seems to be more uh, physical I would say because in both the matches uh, this year, he won the first set, but he couldn't last uh, the full distance. Even last year, there were pretty tight few sets, and in the subsequent set, he would just wither away. So it feels like he's physically not yet there, uh, and he seems to be building up to the kind of fitness that he would want to. Um, but he seems to be saying that uh, he feels good, and generally, he's a very good assessor of his level of tennis. So, he's pretty honest and he's pretty spot on about how he feels and pretty open about it also. So, when he feels that he's building up well and he feels good about it, I mean, it's best, it's best to believe him. Uh, like, he is 22-time uh, champion and uh, last year he did the unthinkable. So, we'll always have to uh, give him the chance uh, that he may, he may pull it off. But I would say that Australia to Djokovic is like how Paris is to Nadal. So, the moment Djokovic is in the draw, if he's fit, he is an automatic favourite. And considering all the difficulties that he had last year, he's fresh, ready to go. Like you mentioned, he also won the preparatory tournament. And in that, he actually saved a couple of match points against Sebastian Korda. So, he is the automatic favourite. And last year should give him great confidence, actually, despite all the troubles. He didn't compete in two slams. And he got zero points for winning the other. But he still finished in the top five. And it has to go down as one of the best years that he has ever had. Considering how few a to- number of tournaments he played. And still maximized each and every tournament. So, And this kind of uh, saving match points and winning, he has done it all his life. But still going into a new season at the start. Before a Grand Slam that he always wins, more or less. It should be a give- good confidence booster. And mind you, he has not won, he has not lost the last 21 matches he has played in Melbourne. So that should actually tell you that he is the clear favorite, regardless of how fit or how not match fit Nadal is. Right. I mean, I saw an interesting statistic on the net, which says that uh, I think uh, in the last 13 times when both Djokovic and Nadal have been in a Grand Slam draw, one of them has won the title. Wow, that that's actually interesting. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing, uh, yeah, stat stat to have. Yeah. 
so now coming to the next generation which is they have been like waiting in the wings for a long time behind the big 3 now out of the big the big 3 has become big 2 so to speak so how do you assess these guys just because they they they've really proven themselves on the tour over a number of years sissi pass for example has been in the top 5 for a long time but he has not won a grand slam even though he made the finals on a couple of occasions maybe one occasion i think kasper rud medvedev alias same who's looked really good is great to watch but again they even beat djokovic at the, the lever cup but again he's not been able to deliver rublev holger rune who's again an exciting young prospect how do you rate their uh, chances do you think they'll they may go deep but will fall at the final hurdle like what do you what are your thoughts on their chances uh, i do feel some of them are genuine contenders like uh, medvedev and uh, especially what felix did last year because and also rude uh, and rude i think is the second seed for the tournament which i think is a first for him he has never been seeded this high in a grand slam and he made two finals last year and also the atp year ending masters uh, final uh, he lost his season opener in auckland but that shouldn't uh, count against him uh, the draw is sort of uh, good for him he he can easily ease into it because the first seeded opponent he might meet is davidovich fokina who is uh, 30 that's in the third round and he has a potential uh, fourth round against uh, berrettini and maybe a quarter final against wherever taylor fritz so this of the first three matches he should actually ease into it there should be no nerves about him being the second seed for the tournament so i do expect a deep run from him medvedev had had a rough year like all russians last year and post us open he seemed like sort of getting back to where he wanted to be he won a title in vienna but the atp finals was pretty brutal for him he lost all three uh, round robin matches everything in the final set tie break so that uh, sort of uh, would have been troubling for him he's had a okay start to the year reached the semi final in adelaide before losing uh, losing to djokovic but uh, sebastian korda is a potential third round opponent and then you have gurkaj or shapovalov but he's a two time finalist he knows how to win and he almost did it last year before nadal did the unthinkable so he medvedev if fit he is always in with a chance and sisipas like you mentioned has been in the top 5 for long again another up and down year last year won monte carlo and rome but didn't do well in french open won a grass tune-up, again lost the testy match to kyrgios at uh, wimbledon uh, but he has had some matches this is the start of the year he has, he's had four wins in the united cup uh, and he seeded three and uh, in the same half as nadal so he has a potential quarter final against felix but he doesn't have a bad initial draw the first real test might be anixena in the fourth round so he can also ease into the draw and felix superb show like you mentioned last year like three tournaments and then the davis cup win he has played just one match this year but that again shouldn't uh, be held against uh, him but he has he has a very interesting uh, opening uh, match against fellow canadian vasek pospisil who plays sort of southern volley world style tennis is a tricky player to meet and uh, felix like i said he has a quarter final against uh, steph uh, sisipas and the fourth round against nori but i think these are the kind of matches that he is sort of accustomed to winning so i do expect at least a quarter final or semi final from felix holger rune interesting like uh, superb win last year at paris holding his nerve against uh, djokovic he is drawn to meet kyrgios in the third round so that that might be an interesting match to watch out for okay that should be interesting yeah, yeah. that's an interesting thing and indians will can keep an eye on uh, rune because india is set to play denmark in the davis cup in the first week of feb 
and uh, reports suggest that rune has made himself available to play so so that's going to happen in india or in denmark no that's an away match it's in denmark it's in the indoor hard courts okay so coming to the women's side uh, who who do you think are the contenders is it gumna i was looking at jessica pegula she's looked very impressive in the warm up uh, tournaments and then the sabalenka of course she won uh, the adelaide one so who who are you put, putting your money on for the on the women's side yeah pegula like you said seems to be the most informed player she fired us to the united cup win she had a superb win over shion tech straight sets win and she's also seeded third so she can award a lot of uh, big players until the latter rounds uh, i think she she is drawn to meet kivitova in the fourth round but other than that i don't see uh, any other big threat she is in the same half as shion tech if the draw holds so she has a great chance and she she is in good form uh, to do well uh, i would also look at sabalenka and onjevo uh, I think they both are drawn to meet in the quarter final it's seed number 5 versus seed number 2 uh, Sabalenka had a good uh, finish to the last year she made semis at the US Open finals at the WTA uh, year ender and also the Adelaide title like you mentioned and the Adelaide was not the greatest of fields but still a big morale booster getting a title at the start of the year but she's always underperformed in grand slams no for some reason she's been number 2 for a long time but she's always underperformed at grand slams yeah she's she's had these she saw up and down things and last year i think it took a lot emotionally out of her belarusian players and uh, i thought she would really kick in after the 2020 uh, one wimbledon uh, run that day that she had but yeah like you said she's had a uh, i don't know if you call if you can call underperformance but it's in in tune with many other uh, players is career it's more up and down so this year should be uh, interesting for her and onjabur has made the last two grand slam finals she didn't play in the 2022 australian open because she was injured but she is also another person who is under the, under an uh, injury cloud she had a warm up uh, match i think where she lost to her opponent ranked outside 100 but she has some back trouble so if she is fit she is a good threat she is an all court player and we should also not uh, forget coco goff who has sort of uh, graduated with each passing month each passing year she made the french final and she won the auckland uh, tournament last week without losing a set so you can expect her to graduate further could go further and there's also carling garcia who had such a terrific end to uh, last year and uh, she is still alive in a tournament preparatory tournament she is playing decently well so she is another person to watch out for Okay, and what what do you make of this next strong players who was constantly threatening but uh, not really uh, able to make it to the final stage? Bill players like uh, Badosa and uh, Kasatkina, Anisimova, and you know Kudermetova. Do you think any of them are looking impressive enough to make a deep run? I feel Badosa has the game, but for some reasons he has not been able to consistently uh, put it together. Uh, United Cup was a mixed bag for her, I would say. And Kasatkina is more of a clay court player. I mean, to me, and uh, I don't know how uh, well she has prepared for this. But women's tennis, uh, like you say, there is always a, a story that will surprise you. Last year, Daniel Collins was in the final against Ash Barty, so I won't uh, rule out uh, such a another great run from uh, anybody. Yeah, nobody was talking about Daniel Collins uh, before the start of the Australian Open, and that she was in the finals. Yeah, 
and the similar story with the if you yeah. actually see only the US Open last year sort of uh, played to the script like we had Shriantek and Jabur in the final otherwise every other final has been one surprise finalist uh, in the recent past uh, because Rivakina won Wimbledon and then uh, we had Goff in the final though she was tipped for great things people didn't actually expect her to reach the final at French so uh, I'm pretty sure the odds are high for another surprise into the final this time Right. And uh, one final question before we wrap up. What is the Indian challenge at this uh, year's Austrian Open looking like either in singles or doubles or juniors? Like, do we have uh, people playing? It's actually a sad state because uh, no Indian is in the singles qualifying this time. Not even in the qualifying because last year I remember we had people, I think Bambri was there in the qualifying. Yeah, this time we don't have a single player in the top 300. So it's 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 pretty uh, a sorry state of affairs in uh, men's singles. There is interest in doubles. Bopanna is playing with Matthew Ebden. Uh, Ebden was a finalist last year in Australia uh, doubles, and he then won Wimbledon. So I think Bopanna is playing with Ebden, so that should be of interest. Uh, Ram Kumar Ramanathan is in the doubles draw along with his Mexican uh, partner. So that is one thing to watch out for. There are a few juniors like Aryan Shah, Manas Damne, and uh, Yuvan Nandal. Uh, Manas Damne is just 15. Uh, he was recently in the news because the Pune Open gave him a wild card. He did decently well in the first round match, though he lost. Uh, there were shades of some good tennis there. So, he's someone uh, people will watch out for. So, he's in the main draw in the juniors, Manas Damne? Yeah, he should make it because the main draws uh, get confirmed only later. Uh, the juniors happen in only in the second week of the main tournament. So, he is in the acceptance list. I think he should make it. Uh, this will be his Grand Slam debut. Yeah, he's an exciting uh, prospect. Yeah, I saw him at the Maharashtra Open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then among girls, there is uh, Shruti Alawat, so who has been on the radar for uh, uh, one or two years. Uh, she has been doing well in the uh, junior circuit. So she is somebody who we can watch out for in juniors girls. Right. I think that just about wraps up uh, this episode uh, on the Australian Open. Thank you so much, Sudarshan, for joining us and for sharing your thoughts uh, on the tournament. I think we can all look forward to a fantastic event starting from Monday. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks so much, Sampath, for having me. Pleasure. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.